We have proved with data, based on our own clients across five years, that employees engaged in well-being are 30 to 40% more likely to stay with their company. So when a company goes and offers this, and they're helping their employees have access to better health, to better physical activity, to better sleep, to better nutrition, not only they're making their employees more productive because no one disputes that has positive effects for the health, you know, like if physical activity was a pill, everyone would take it every day. No one disputes the benefit of it. But once the company is offering, they're sending a signal. Once the employees use, they're reaping a benefit. And that builds a level of engagement that's very, very hard to replicate. Hey there, this is Ben. Thanks for tuning in to Lead the Team. Before we jump in, we just broke into the top 2% of all podcasts globally, and that's largely due to the support of listeners just like you. I invite you to subscribe so you're notified when we release a new episode and also leave a quick review. Welcome back to Lead the Team with number one best-selling author and in-demand corporate trainer, Ben Fanning. On this podcast, the world's most innovative senior leaders share their top success strategies to motivate your direct reports, cultivate your top leaders, and accelerate your career. Let's get started. Here's Ben. Hey there, Lead the Team Nation. Wow, you're going to love this one today. I've got a good one in store for you. I'm going to introduce Cesar, who is CEO and co-founder over at GymPass. Now, if you're not familiar with Jim Pass and Cessat, I'm going to give you a little bit of introduction on that. He has a bachelor's degree in business from the University of Dade, Sao Paulo, and attended Harvard Business School before founding Jim Pass. And following more than 10 years of business management experience under his belt, including time working at CVC, McKinsey and & Company, and A.C. & Nielsen. Now, Jim Pass, in case you're not familiar with it, is on a mission to make wellness universal for employees globally. I mean, what a great mission. And it's happening at scale. This company boasts a network of over 50,000, that's right, 50,000 wellness partners, 10,000 plus clients, and just hit 250 million user check-ins. And for context, it just took Jim Pass nine years to hit 100 million, but it only took them 1.5 years to hit 250 million. That is what Jim Collins calls the flywheel momentum right there. And this underscores the exponential growth of workplace well-being for both employers and individuals. Y'all know how we love to talk about this on this show. And Cesar, by the way, also won, has won a number of awards in his role as CEO, including the 2022 Ernst Young Entrepreneur of the Year. And recently, the company also won the 2022 Inc. Best Workplaces. Cesar, welcome to lead the team, sir. Ben, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. All right. So I, I got to dig into something that jumped out of me. So you did attend Harvard, but you also have the distinction of being a Harvard dropout, as I understand, right? And this led to some big things. So what's the scoop right there? So uh, that, that's right. And like <laughs> I was one of the few people starting and, and dropping in several years. Um, mm -hmm. And like, to me, uh, the MBA played its role. You know, like I, I wanted a career change. And while at HBS, you know, like I got exposed to many entrepreneurs starting amazing businesses 
and that we're having a meaningful impact in the world. Mm-hmm. And I took the opportunity, Ben, during the summer, between the first and the second year, to go really, really aggressive. I would say wild on you know, like my career plans. You know, like, and while most people would go and do an internship at a bank or at a consulting firm, I took the time with two other friends and started a company during the summer. And <laughs> by, wow. by early September, we had to make the decision on whether to drop from the MBA or the company. And mm-hmm. to be honest, it was one of the easiest decisions I could ever make to like stay working at Gym Pass and not return because mm. I never felt happier working at Gym Pass. And wow. we truly believe that the mission that we have is making a huge difference to the world. And it's a positive contribution to everyone. Well, that says a lot. And obviously, you've got a great mission here around wellness. But I love just this leadership perspective where you felt so compelled and you felt so passionate about the vision you had for Gym Pass. that You're willing not to complete your Harvard MBA after you already invested time in it because you just need to go do this. And uh, I, I, I was surprised. You said, hey, this was actually an easy decision because when you know, you know. It was an easy decision and, and mainly for two, two reasons here, Ben. Uh, th- the first one is that you know, like one thing that I was craving for was empowerment to make decisions, to like have a direct impact on uh, the things I would be under control. And I used to be a consultant before. And the biggest pitfall is you're recommending things. You're looking at many different industries, but you're yeah. not, not actually implementing things. Uh, and uh-huh. a PowerPoint slide changes size once you actually have to implement what's written there and face the consequences. Uh, so I was craving for it yep. and, and, and wanting to try different things. The second, second thing was that I was really, really pushing for purpose, like for have, doing something that has meaning way beyond just learning and developing as a professional. And like, I wanted to control that piece as well, and like, and make sure that like all the energy I was putting in place was for something good that would have trickled down effects uh, to everyone else. So th- those were the components, you know, like, and I could have done anything else. You know, like, I could have worked for an amazing organization with an amazing purpose. And like, if you if I look back now, I know in hindsight, it's always it's always easy to to make those comments, but. Well, I, I really wanted that change uh, going into the MBA, and I didn't need the two years to 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 make that. So yeah, amazing, happy. amazing story. And I, share with us a little bit, and I, and I've read a little bit. I want to hear you. I want to hear it from you. Where the inspiration for Gym Pass came from, right? This it came from like a because like I I hear these stories like a, people f- sort of scratching their own itch initially with the business right you and i believe this was a problem that you had when you were a consultant right and you're essentially solving that problem maybe explain that a little bit for us very good so as a consultant at mckinsey i would be every two months at a different client working long hours moving from city to city Mm -hmm. office to office and it was really really tough to be at a great state of well-being i gained weight I was 
anxious, stressed, much more than I should have been at that time. And the end result was that at some point in time, I had two different gym memberships and subscriptions to more than four different apps uh, for well-being services. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, and, and I didn't know at the time there a service like that could exist. Uh, it was during an HBS class talking about strategy and innovative models that I said, mm, what were the pain points I had? And what, looking back at my own trajectory, would I have done differently? Or which service could I create to make my life easier? And it turned out that that was the reason of the service that we created, Gym Pass, would have been great for me back then. And by the way, McKinsey is a client in several countries, as all the other consulting companies are already clients. But what I figured out or found out later on is that what was true for a consultant like that had those long hours was also true for blue collar workers like who mm. didn't have access to physical activity or who didn't have access to all those well-being services that normally like high level executives of companies have like so then wow. the mission became from solving a problem that i had and from a privileged position at that point in time for sure to democratizing that type of access to everyone in every organization, uh, which to me is much more noble than what it was originally. So fantastic. So I, I can see, Cesar, you standing up in front of McKinsey and say, I was an employee here. This is the problem I had. And we've got a solution for your consultant. I, mean, I, I suspect you spoke to them with a lot of credibility and authority. And then you went and you, it sounds like you've got all the, a, a lot of consulting companies initially. Uh, was that your first sort of target audience for for Gym Pass? Was going in and talking to the consulting? The first world? clients were either consulting companies or auditing firms, all okay. those pr- large professional services companies, mm-hmm. and okay. we work with them in all the geographies, the eleven markets in which we operate now. And like um, the business case is super clear there, and it's not. Yeah, that what's it's the business the- case? To like, what's the clear business case for for this for them? Very good. So let me talk about the service and then okay. why it's it's meaningful. You know, so we're this employee well-being platform that's connecting the employees of our clients mm-hmm. with thousands and thousands of well-being partners. And the way we're making this connection is super meaningful. What we are making available to the employees is a single subscription. Yes. That would cost less. 30 to 50% less than what you'd pay for a gym or a studio if you're going there regularly. So you're paying less. But instead of access to only that gym, you can use the full network of studios and apps of Gym Pass. So you can customize your well-being journey the way it works best for you as an individual. So for an example, you, know, like you can go to a lifetime gym here in the US, but then on weekends, take some classes at Barry's or F45, and then if you're having problems sleeping at night, using Calm to listen to a story or to meditate, use LifeSum, which is a, an app on nutrition to like eat better and then end the day with sleep cycle to control you know, like how you're sleeping and improve that piece as well. Wow. Um, so we're bringing the state-of-the-art well-being to every single employee's, employee of our clients. And then what's the business case? Like Number one and very clear. We have proved with data based on our own clients across five years that employees engaged in well-being 
are 30 to 40% more likely to stay with their companies. And we're going to talk later about the cost of turnover. No, go there. Tell me. I, I'm, I'm, you, you're, you're peaking my interest way too high not to go there. Oh. So you're, that's a big number. Now, I, 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 I conceptually agree uh, with that because it makes total sense. Yes. Uh, from that standpoint. But where is this data? Are you guys, because you're able to aggregate a lot of information? Yes. With, and I, gosh, I'm so glad the interview went here. Uh, so so let, let me start with how we got, we get okay, that. Okay. Yeah. Because it's Keep very going. important. Like what we be, we offer our service through eligibility to the employees of our clients, right? So the plans are so attractive. There's such a meaningful price advantage and flexibility that we are only able to offer it to the employees of our clients. So we, we don't go direct to consumers. Someone going on our website right now cannot buy on an individual basis access to those plans. Mm-hmm. So because we have to track that eligibility, we know exactly who is employed in each of the companies that we work for. So it's quite easy for us to understand turnover, who leaves and who is still there at the company. Mm. And because we track also usage and if people are signed up to one of, of the plans if and if they are visiting the partners, making the correlation between using a partner and staying employed of the company is quite easy once you understand, once you can process millions and millions of data points. So the hard part is that the data is massive um you're not doing it in excel right our 10,000 clients employ more than 12 million people so we're not talking about a small sample here like it's a true uh, data challenge so once you master that data and you can build uh, good scientific analysis on it like you can track over time what's the average turnover of every single employee group and once there is an intervention for example the launch of gym pass as a benefit and the engagement of every single employee on that benefit, what happens to the likelihood of them staying at the company afterwards, right? Oh. And and this is wow. how we, we got to that 30%, which is based on real data of all of our clients. But the mm-hmm. interesting thing here yep. is why, you know, why are people staying more engaged with their companies once this is, some, this is offered? And there was this survey with 9,000 employees of clients and and they asked what would be the reason why they should stay in their companies and mm-hmm. you know, like four, four out of five employees said that they're more likely to stay at a company that cares about their well-being but the more concerning piece ben is that only one in four actually believe their company cares hmm. what does this say like it's a super important aspect like many people are saying, well-being is as important as salary, and the pandemic just highlighted it to everyone. But the gap is that very few employees perceive that their company really cares. Hmm. So when a company goes and offers this, and they're helping their employees have access to better health, to better physical activity, to better sleep, to better nutrition, not only they're making their employees more productive because no one disputes that has positive effects for the health. You know, like if physical activity was a pill, everyone would take it every day. No one disputes the benefit of it. But once the company is offering, they're sending a signal. Hmm. Once the employees use, they're reaping a benefit. And that builds a level of engagement that's very, very hard to replicate with other benefits. Hmm. And that's the main thing here for me, you know? Hmm. 
there are hardcore benefits. Like if you were spending hundreds of dollars with five different subscriptions of apps and a gym subscription, etc., we're saving real money. Like we're saving real money for every single employee and that counts as well. But I would say the engagement is even more important. So the savings, the hard dollars comes from an employee could not have a gym membership in three cities, even maybe one city for the deal that, that you're giving them. And I want to point out to the listeners, it's not just gyms. It's all the like that. Like I saw you did a deal with Headspace, right? Okay. Headspace app, which is about meditation and uh, which, which I'm very familiar with. And uh, you're, there's a lot of other ways. And also employees can try things like you can try headspace without having to get a full subscription and see you know how you like it um so i think all that's so they couldn't individually do that but then there's the business case which is for the company does it help retain them now i'm curious and i don't know if you can share this with us but are there some apps or gems uh you don't have to tell me which ones but that would be really cool that seem to affect like you're seeing correlation with higher productivity or, or, or higher retention for companies if they offer it. So the super interesting insight on this front, Ben, is that mm -hmm. whenever you're mixing different parts of well-being under the same journey, you get exponential results. What am I saying? Mm. Like if you're just active, physically active, like you get benefits and that affects in a positive way, your performance at your job and uh, the chance that you stay with your employer. Okay, mm. But if you exercise and then use Headspace for a meditation session and then use Sleep Guide to help you sleep better at night, one plus one plus one equals six, not three. Ah, and so it's multiple modalities that gives a well-being synergy yes for employee retention and you know what the logic is the rationale behind it it's it's one body it's one mind like mm. and you can't separate them and and if they are integrated one reinforces the other let me show if you are active you are going to eat better and if you're active and eat better eating better you are going to sleep better as well and then if you're using tools to improve mm. all those different aspects, like the results, as I said in the beginning, they're exponentially better. So if I had to say a secret formula here, like the secret formula would be like to choose the best solution, the solution that works for you on every single one of those four verticals, mm. exercising, eating better, sleeping better, and practicing mindfulness, meditating, etc. Want to boost your productivity and decision-making? Get vital insights from each episode delivered directly to your inbox. A great resource whether you've listened to the episode or not. Go to benfanning.com slash insight. So why, so it's interesting, you, ha you have a perspective of interacting with a lot of different wellness companies. And it the industries, it just sounds so, and I'm just having this, thought like this it seems so fragmented like headspace over here right f45 i mean all these are they're just so disparate why what do you think is going on with why isn't there one company 
that's able to deliver in all of these aspects um top sort of top tier stuff look i, I love the question and ben your assessment is 100 right um and the reason why i believe there's so many solutions is that it's a really really tough problem hmm. and every single company is trying to solve a piece of it and probably the best solution for every single person as an individual is to navigate those solutions and find what works mm. best for them. Yeah. And what works best for you, Ben, is going to be different than for me. You just mentioned, you're like, I'm in love with F45. Like, it's my favorite workout. Like, I love Calm as well. And I love Lifesum for nutrition. My wife is completely different. Like, mm. mm-hmm. she, she loves berries and yoga. I, I can't do yoga. Uh, she doesn't like the nutritional solutions. You know, like she just has her own thing on that front. But you know, like, and the beauty is that you know, like every single solution, I think, exists because they solve a real problem for mm-hmm. a real segment of users. I think the value we bring to the equation here, as a company that is uh, aggregating all those different services, is to build a solution that is engaging enough for a broad population in such a way that HR clients and CEOs of organizations, they agree to invest and to be part of the ecosystem as well. So if you think the role Mm. we are playing, Mm. we don't have a meditation app of our own. We don't run any gyms, studios, like we don't have, we're not the best ones in like getting people to eat better every single day, but we're assembling all these different services into a single subscription to make it more cost-effective for people. And by doing so, we're convincing companies to invest and to communicate and to help change the lives of their employees. Because they're making the investment themselves and their employees. And so you work with them to create their own, maybe, maybe refine their own personal vision for the company and what wellness really is and what it can be. Exactly. But then the beauty is letting the employees choose because yeah, some I think that's the go for MMA. Yeah. Like you fight. helping the employees create their own plan. And that really resonated with me. Uh, why is it so fragmented? And why it would be people are really building their own wellness journey. And one company may not resonate with everybody. And um, yeah, I think there's a role. It seems It seems more art than science, although you've got great data for it. And I'm curious from your standpoint, how does artificial intelligence sort of play into this five, 10 years from now? Because I mean, obviously the data is there. The data is there. So maybe let me start with a generic comment here. Like artificial intelligence is here and is going to make every single human being more productive. So people are going to be able to be more effective at what they do. But I think it's not going to make people better at well-being. And we need to take care of our people. And like AI is not going to do that for us. Uh, The other thing is, I think AI can help our service to be even more effective on delivering the right recommendations for the right people. For an example, like if you like yoga, there's a very good chance 
that you're also going to like this digital app that has the better yoga classes and people of your profile would also like that type of profile. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if on the, the wellness coaching side, you're like understanding if you haven't exercised for two weeks and there's a new partner close to where you work, not where you live, and you're planning to go to the office that day because there is an invite on your calendar of a meeting there, like nudging you to go. Ah, interesting. Visit Integrating with calendars, schedules more w- with fitness and making recommendations. That's interesting. Exactly. And I have a terrible back pain today. Like imagine that knowing that, like by simply asking me how I'm feeling today, like that the AI could recommend me a stretch, like that would be good for 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 that specific thing. So I, I wow. feel uh, our mission maybe is to is to democratize access of well-being to everyone. And theoretically, you could buy this all. You could have a trainer with you checking in every day, but that's economically unfeasible for 99% yeah. of everything. LeBron single- James has seven coaches and they're all telling him what to do every point of the day to keep his body healthy. But we I ain't got that. That's for every single person using technology. That's our okay. how close how close is that? How close are you able to integrate with my calendar and my uh, Apple Watch and make those kinds of recommendations with resources and coaching? We're not far. So um, we, we completed an acquisition two years ago of a technology platform that is empowering coaches and personal trainers to give customized recommendations to every single one of our 2 million subscribers. Hmm. And that platform is making the work of the trainers more efficient over time. Like So it's already integrated with all your health data, including your Apple Watch data, for example. So if you do a workout, the trainer receives that information. We have an, a way to exchange video texts um, and, 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 and okay. audio messages between you hmm. and the trainer over time. The trainer builds a schedule of workouts for you that might include in-person visits or digital workouts. And if it's digital, Mm. it's tracked which ones that you did and which ones that you did not. So there can be a conversation about it. And like depending on the permissions that a user gives, we have access to kind of the the weekly routine. So we're not far. Like we're still using trainers, coaches to guide people. And one coach is still helping like 300, 400 people at a given week because that's their only thing that, that they do. But it could be so much more, you know? So I, I, I'm i very excited about the future. I feel like a state-of-the-art well-being service, just like LeBron James has for sure. Like LeBron can, James coaches in your pocket. Can be <laughs> available to everyone. Yeah. Oh, that sounds cool. All right, so I've got like a million questions and I don't have a ton of time. So I'm going to try to boil this down. So that sounds like a cool world and I would like that for me. Um, I've had trainers and they've been highly impactful and having something more proactive. I can see a world like a chat GPT box where you wake up and you just type in, you know what, I did. I played tennis last night. My body's really tight yeah. and I feel really hungry. Um you know, what do you think I should do to get my day started? And then it just like do this. And then about 10 AM, you seem to have an opening, go do these stretches, 
And then at night, take this and maybe do a supplement or, you know, like some kind of that would be, and I, and I sense that's where you're headed with this type of thing. And that's an exciting vision. On the flip side, though, I got to ask you from a leadership standpoint, I want to take you down to two rabbit holes. One is I'm a, I have my own company. Okay. I know people have their own companies. A lot of leaders have teams and they want a healthy team. I want a healthy team because they're less sick. They, um, you know, that they're more productive, they're happier. And I'll know that they're going to be around longer, right? They're not going to, mm-hmm. you know, let, less likely to have major health problems, but they don't want, they're okay to like have your pass access, but I can't make them do it. Right. They, it's a volunteer basis. Um, where do you see this going in the future? Do you see leaders saying, look, team, you need to be able to, you need to put in an hour, a couple hours a week through this pass. I don't care if you're doing it nutrition wise, meditation, workout, but you need to do this to stay an employee or I'll give you maybe a financial incentive long-term if you do this. What are you, how are you, and, and there's like a fine line of, being in your employee's personal business <laughs> and leading them in wellness. So how are you having, I bet you're having some conversations at some levels with leaders on this. How are those conversations going? I'm, I'm having so many of those, uh, Ben. Um, so maybe let me start by sharing that one of the best since you're asking about leaders and how can they bring well-being to their teams the right way, right? Okay. Um, I think to start with, uh, the most beautiful form of leadership to me is leadership by example, right? And the first question I would ask for that leader that we're just talking about here is, are they having great well-being or not? Because okay. Fair if enough. they are not like nothing will be genuine and nothing will resonate with the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm discussing with other leaders, CEOs, etc., I ask, you know, like, how are you treating your own well-being? And it's a oh, very interesting don't question. Don't start there. It's a very interesting <laughs> question because you get mixed messages all the time on that front. And, mm-hmm. and I always start, I always start with that. The second piece is on how do you bring empowerment to the team for once you are doing what's right for you, you are creating an environment in which you are letting the employee take control of their own well-being journey. And make no mistake, the incentives are aligned. Like The employees want that for them as well, and the leaders also want that. So I think less of how can a leader make the other people do it? And more on how can you provide the tools and kind of the framework for the each employee to make their own decision on what works for them and be able to have a constructive discussion with the leader. Hmm. And then we've come, Ben, to, to maybe the most important part of this conversation, which is like creating a culture of flexibility in which to the extent that the business permits, like every single employee being in charge like of their own 
routine and their own well-being and taking pauses if those pauses are necessary. Mm. Uh, taking a day off if that day off is necessary. And that being such a natural thing and not a crazy thing that like the relationship between employees and their employers and employees and leaders is a relationship of one, a lot of trust, companies trusting the employees and the employees trusting the company. And two, a relationship that is mature and that the companies are treating the employees as adults and as like people that are able to make the right trade-offs for the company. It's a fine line to be, but I'm deeply convinced that that's the future. And I'm completely against four days, uh, four work days, weeks. I did several pulls on my surveys on my own LinkedIn, asking other people, like, can people trade flexibility Hmm. for time off all the time? And I can even talk more about this if you want. My my paternity leave, you know, like I I was away for a few weeks. I uh, just had my my third uh, uh, kid, and I've had a very strong debate with the rest of my team that potentially it would have been better for me to have stayed longer in my paternity leave, but working part time instead of taking a few weeks completely off. It would what? have been better for the company, okay. better for me. Well. Because you could keep the ball rolling in your role and stay plugged in and versus also, completely I had disconnected. I had idle time at some points in time. And I like, just because we set this decision that I would be away, like it didn't work at that time. And I had to be away. Yeah. But if the mindset was flexibility, if the mindset was finding the right trade-off, like potentially I could still be in paternity leave now, but, or like still having a few hours, like, even though it happened a few months ago. Yeah, it's an interesting de- debate on that front, and I can see it both ways. I think about vacations, which is def- a, va- a paternity leave is not vacation. We all know that, right? You're yeah. work doing work stuff, but on vacation, I, when I w- check in periodically, I don't relax as much on vacation. I don't get as much out of it, but I don't get crushed by work when I get back. You know, where if I disconnect, I, I'm more peaceful. I'm more plugged in on my vacation to relaxation. But then when I get back to things, there, there's a lot of stress and craziness kind of getting back up to speed. So I guess you got to pay the piper one way or the other at some point. So I have a comment a comment for you. Like that works. That is what works best for you. And you make yeah. trade-offs between those two things. There are people that if they don't check in, they're not going to relax. They're going to grow more anxious. And it's yeah, terrible for the about, company. They don't know. Yep. It's terrible for the company to be arbitrarily telling people you cannot check in. You see? So, so to me, I always, always advocate for flexibility. I'll always advocate for a high level of trust and transparency between company and employee and company and employee and leader. So yep. that policies can be customized for what's right for every employee. And I feel if conversations were more transparent, that balance would have a better balance would, would have been reached on all fronts. Yeah, I, I like that. And that's the real theme of this interview with mm-hmm. your company. It's embedded in the app in your approach to talking to companies to wellness. It's a 
one size fits all doesn't really work for everybody, whether that's time off, how you do it, flexibility, whether that's your own fitness and what fitness means to you. Um, but what I'm hearing is it's important for the leader to introduce this, this conversation if it's not happening in terms of wellness is important. Very um, true. Starting to wrap this up and I'm excited about getting this interview out. I'm a little disappointed that I didn't get to dig into your interesting background as much <laughs> as a leader because we started on fire so much with what you guys are all about. You know, Jim we're going to have to schedule another one, man. Let's do another one. Um, so, so starting to wrap this up, leaders in smaller companies, okay? We, we talked about some big companies. What's your message for leaders in terms of how they approach it if they've got four or five, six employees and they want to, or maybe they're even a solopreneur working with contractors in their business. And so maybe they don't qualify. I don't know if they qualify for gym pass or not. They do. Um, Okay, well, maybe that's an approach, but I'm, I'm just, I'm just thinking because I'm, I'm at first I was thinking big companies, mm-hmm. and I've worked for big companies, and I'm a smaller company now, um, and I'm just curious for those people out there, what, what's your approach with talking with that to that solopreneur or small company owner? Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the things that that we did as a company is to make sure that we're empowering small and medium businesses across like all the different geographies. And and, and it's because they move the economy, right? When you look at number of people employed, et cetera. And we were an SMB company at some point in time. So we have deep empathy for, for, for everyone who is like starting their own thing or like pursuing their dreams and they're finding scale or they found like a place that is that's right for them and like and they're working on it um so a commitment we made was mm-hmm. to never differentiate the service from a large company to a small company and mm-hmm. the plans the access to well-being the prices people pay if you sign up to gym pass as a shop of four people you're going to have the same level of access than the CEO of the largest bank in the US. Same plan, same prices. And it's a commitment to mm. every single SMB that we made. Wow. And, and my push for every single leader of a small company is to do not believe that you should separate, that you can separate the life and the work of your employees. And for small and medium businesses, this is even more important because work will not be that fragmented and compartmentalized. You know, like people are not going to be super specialized in small in small business. People are normally yeah. playing multiple roles in yeah. multiple hats. So it's so much easier in small and medium businesses to get to a burnout position than in a large company where you're doing your role. And, and I feel mm-hmm. our mission to bring well-being to yeah. everyone is even more important for SMBs. All right. Well, there you have it. Um, and to vouch for that, I thought I worked really hard when I worked for a Fortune 50 company. And I did work hard. But when you have your own business, y'all, 
that's next level. It's next level. For most people. And so it's great. Not in all cases. I know CEOs work hard at big companies, you know. But it, but it's great that you're you're thinking about that. What what's your parting thought for listeners here at Talk today? Look, um the every single employee is telling a story. Like every single employee is tired. They're close to burnout, they're insecure. They're asking for well-being. Most companies are already responding and they're getting better at helping their employees on that front. Uh, my thought for everyone is let's make sure to address this well-being crisis head on and invest more on well the well-being of our employees than we do on tools for them to work better, coffee for them to be awake, or office space that potentially is not being utilized to its best potential. Uh, we need to invest in our people. They're the most important asset of every single company. Thanks, Seth. I appreciate your time today, sir. Ben, pleasure to be here, man. If you're an executive at a crossroads in your career and thinking about quitting, do this before you do anything else. Head over to benfanning.com slash quit to receive a free signed copy of my number one best-selling book, The Quit Alternative, The Blueprint for Creating the Job You Love Without Quitting. You'll learn the critical questions you must answer before you make such an impactful decision. Go to benfanning.com slash quit to get this valuable resource for just the cost of shipping. Ben Fanning is a number one best-selling author, Inc. Magazine columnist, and CEO of the Fanning Group, an international consultancy and corporate training company. To learn how they can help your organization, go to benfanning.com.